Hello and God bless you. This is Pastor Jeremy, and what a delight to be with you on this uh, Thursday, January the 28th of 2021. Uh, we'd like to welcome our listeners, those of you that are tuning in from wherever, wherever you're tuning in, for making us part of your uh, study time. Today we, we come to you, it's Brother Fernando and, and myself are coming to you once again, as we have mentioned, uh, Brother Marty will not be with us this week, but today, uh, Brother Fernando, we come to the people with a heavy heart as uh, we, yesterday, uh, the passing of Brother Rosh went to be with the Lord yesterday, and um, while we know he is in glory, he's entered the the gates of heaven. You know, our hearts are heavy, and, and we are with the Martinez family, Chacon family, who at the time, uh, as, you can, as you can attest as humans, uh, the loss of a loved one. We know heaven has made somebody, right? But this world has lost a servant of God, an irreplaceable servant of God that was, for those who know Brother Roy Chacon and those who have the privilege of hearing him, he was a man with a saxophone and a testimony. <laughs> with a saxophone and a testimony. Right. God opened many doors. Most of you seen him. He by he was watched by millions on television. I mean, I kid you not. Uh, he was he he traveled literally all over the world with his saxophone and a testimony of the saving grace of Jesus Christ in camp meetings and in in revival services. That's 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 the that's the Roy Chacon that most people saw, but I had the privilege and we had the privilege for the Fernando to see him at a at a more intimate level. I saw Brother Roy Chacon play his saxophone literally in in our area where we ministered to to from drug addicts from people that came out of prison. Brother Roy would come every single year uh, where we uh, volunteer. For about eight nine years of our ministry, volunteering every month and teaching the word of God to the brokenhearted, and that's where Brother Roy was at his best. They loved him many times playing that saxophone. Many of these men, hardened men, broken to tears by the anointing that this man carried in the testimony. I also had the privilege to even see Brother Roy play his saxophone on the streets <laughs> here in Coachella on the streets. That's how much he was willing. That's how much he loved to to share the gospel with many others, and so many other things that we can say, even on, on an intimate and on, on an intimate level. The blessing in, the, in he was instrumental in the development of our ministry, of of us growing up as young men and 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 giving us wisdom and just loving us. Him and his beautiful wife Beulah are are so are so precious to us. So today we just ask you to to keep the Martinez and the Chacon family in your prayers as uh, our dear brother Roy has gone to be with the Lord. And um, brother, brother Fernando, I don't know if you have to say something, but I'm just going to go ahead and leave it to you. And if you want to say some words and then we can just get into the word and share what God has placed in your heart as we study and discuss the word of God. Uh, we do it with a heavy heart, but we're doing it today only because we believe that's what Brother Roy would have wanted us to do. 
not to waste any time taking this gospel of Jesus Christ. Brother Fernando. Amen. We want to welcome you, the listener, again, for joining us in today's podcast. And like Pastor Jeremy said, uh, we have heavy and uh, excited hearts as well. You know, it's mixed emotions because we have lost a, a, a giant in the kingdom of God. Um, but like Pastor Jeremy said, heaven has gained a great, great man. And, uh, you know, we're excited because the word of God says to be absent from the body is to be in the presence of God. And I'll tell you what right now, there's nothing but joy, exceeding joy in our brother's heart right now. And one day we will see him again. And like you said, yes. Pastor, you know, the memories of, of uh, Brother Roy are many. The intimate conversations, the the, the advice he gave us as young men, you know, and yes. with this experience of, of traveling the world many times over and and um you know, he loved he loved me, he, he loved you, he loved our children, our wives. And oh, yeah. we would call it we would call him Grandpa Roy, right? <laughs> yeah. Doing Grandpa. Papa Roy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Papa Roy and he and he always had a funny joke, right? <laughs> A funny joke, you know, and uh, it's sarcasm. Well, it. you know. <laughs> I, re- I remember uh, you just reminded me, uh, you know, sometimes uh, every time, you know, Brother Marty or yourself or someone ministry would call me up and I would finish with some old school songs. And I remember there was a song that I've always sing is I'll fly away, you know, when I die, hallelujah, bye and bye. And one time I was leading the, the that song and, and all of a sudden, I, Brother Roy, he was, he was sitting around where I was leading it from, and he began to say, yes, Lord, whenever Brother Jeremy dies, he'll fly away. <laughs> that was Brother Roy. That was classic Brother Roy. Yeah, you know, that was he, classic uh... Brother Roy. Yes. That's that, that that sarcasm that I can relate to. I'm kind of the same way. I'm sarcastic to a fault. And, uh, uh, you know, that was Brother Roy. He He was full of jokes, but, you know, he, he loved the Lord. You know, my memory of him is 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 that he loved to minister, whether the the crowds were small or big, thousands and millions watching on television, or just a few, you know, yeah. a few people, a few drug addicts, a few drunks in, in a rehab center, and and and, yeah. he, and he's playing that saxophone, and and he took that song, "Amazing oh Grace," oh, sweep the sound that saved the wretch like me. Right, oh, that was his song, God. you know. And yeah. I, when I think about him, that's what I, what I, that's my memory of him playing that saxophone. And uh, yes. it's, it, it's, you know, I was, I was uh, thinking about it yesterday, and and I could feel the void. The void that that um, that men like that, you know. We we were teaching yesterday about a generation that's fading away. Right. That that knew Joseph, right? And um, last night I I could feel the void that that our 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 brother left in the earth. And you know, the world's a better place when there's men of God, like Brother Roy and others that have gone with the Lord. You know, you can feel their presence. You can feel their intercession and and. You know, um, so I can only feel how, imagine how, you know, Sister Beulah and, and the family feels, but they, they have a faith and a hope that 
you know, the Lord is coming and one day we will see him again. But, you know, we here that are on this earth and, and are going through the situations that we're going through, you know, we, we feel the void. And, and, you know, the truth of the matter is that there's nothing more that he would have wanted us to do than to continue to preach the gospel. Yeah. And really, you know, when men of God leave this earth, men of God that have touched the world, you know, right. that, that have had those kind of platforms and that kind of influence, global influence, um, you know, it literally puts pressure on the next generation. You know, and, and that's what I felt yesterday. It's, you know, you look around you and you don't see the spiritual leadership, leadership, like, you know, the spiritual leaders like you used to of yesteryear, right? And, you know, you, you, you keep looking around, you keep looking around at the end of the day, you know, the Lord saying, what about you? Mm. Will you step up to the plate? Mm. You know, and, and that's really how, you know, that's really how this whole podcast came about, right? It, it, it's, you know, the, we, we looked around at the scenery and, and, and you know, the, the whole uh, scope of the Christian world, and we didn't see anybody preaching the coming of the Lord. We didn't see anybody preaching Jesus. And right. we just kind of, you know, along with you, myself, and Brother Marty, and we were like, you know what, Let, let's, let's do this. Let's, let's, let's proclaim the word of God. Now is the time. Right. And whether we see it or not, you know, the passing of a brother like uh, of, of 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 a man, a guy like like Grandpa Roy, Papa Roy, is a sign to us, the sign yeah. to to this generation that the Lord is coming. You know, and 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 so continue continue to pray. Uh, you that are listening for the family, the um, sister Beulah, uh, who who who's lost her companion, and and naturally there's that yeah. void and that only Jesus can feel, right? And, and the family as well yeah. as they go through their moment of mourning. Um, but we know, again, that we don't mourn like the world does because we have a hope. Right. <laughs> yes. Hallelujah. We have Lord, a yeah. hope. So we, we again, we want to thank you for uh, joining us. Um, I didn't mean to go so lengthy on, on this, but I'm speaking from my heart and, and what, you know, Brother Roy Chacon, Grandpa Roy meant to me, to us, to our ministry, and, and to our families. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Uh, yeah. we want to want to thank you for joining us again in this podcast. Brother Fernando, I would like to say this. You know, wherever wherever you could find Brother Roy playing a sax, you knew that somewhere in the crowd was his lovely wife, Sister Beulah. And most of those times when he would play those songs like Amazing Grace or He Touched Me, that's one of the classics, right? He Touched Me. Mm-hmm. You would see, yeah. you could find Sister Beulah because there would be a, one hand or two lifted up every time a brother would play. And Sister Beulah, if you if you happen to listen to this, we love you. And yes. uh, we uh, our hearts are with you. And we want you to know just how much You've always known that, but once again, we tell you how much you mean to our families. Just the encouragement you and, and, and Papa Roy have given us, it, it means more than words can say. And if, if you're listening, we just want to tell you that uh, one day you listen to this, that we love you and and um, and, we're, and we are, our hearts are with you in this, in this moment. 
Thank you. Hey, man, we love we love you, Sister Beulah, as well as uh, uh, Brother Marty, the man of God, and Sister Debbie and the yes. girls. We love you. And um, yes. let's get into this podcast. Amen. 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 Praise God. We're going to be uh, <clears throat> going, uh, continuing in, in the chapter we were in yesterday, the Gospel of Matthew, Chapter 2. Uh, and we've been uh, bringing forth um, the parallels between the Exodus um, and Moses' day, in the book of Exodus, the, the account, the story of the Exodus that we find uh, in the Old Testament, and how the same spirit uh, was moving uh, in Christ's day when Jesus came to the earth, was born of a virgin, uh, and, and, and began his ministry. We see the same patterns, the same parallels. We see him, in essence, becoming the Passover lamb, as, as, and, and he is the Passover lamb. And, and, and John declaring, behold, the lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. As, as Jesus comes to Jordan, or to, to, uh, to John, as he is baptizing in the Jordan River, in the Jordan River, a type of the crossing of the Jordan River uh, into the promised land. And Jesus has to go through the baptism of John to begin his ministry. Amen. And so forth. So on. And the question we're bringing forth to, to us today to consider is, are we seeing the same thing repeating itself in script uh, in our day? The same things we see about the Exodus uh, in the Old Testament, the, the, the Exodus in uh, type and shadow in Christ's ministry, in Christ's life, in Christ's day, is it replaying itself today? And does the, the Bible give us clues? Does the Bible give us clues and does it point us, the believer today, to whom the ends of the worlds are come to, to study the Exodus account? And to begin to see the patterns and shadows unfolding throughout Scripture. And the truth of the matter is, we can do just that. We can go to the book of Revelations and grab the, 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 the patterns and shadows that we see there concerning our day and, and, and take that template and it fits perfectly with the Exodus in the Old Testament. The only difference is that in the book of Revelations, we see a larger picture and larger unfolding of the revelation of the end times, of the manifestation of the Son of God, Jesus Christ, his coming. So in order to understand where we are at in these end times, we have to understand where we've been. Why? Because, again, we, we always say it, the Lord declares the end from the beginning. To understand the end, you have to understand where we've been at the beginning. And from ancient times, from Old Testament times, he declares the things that are not yet done or the things that are yet to be fulfilled. This is a huge key and a huge principle to unlocking and understanding, you know, prophetic events as they are unfolding. And if we are able to unlock uh, the, the, the revelation of Jesus Christ in these stories concerning our time, then we will be ahead of the curve, so to speak. We will be able to prepare ourselves so that these days do not catch us unaware. Right? right? The Bible says that the wise man hideth himself. He prepares himself, right? 
he, he, he sees the evil coming. He foresees the evil coming, but he prepares himself. And that's what we're intending to do. The truth of the matter is all of us are in this place right now where we are trying to understand what's really going on. Because the truth of the matter is if you look at what has been taught concerning end time in, in the church, in particular here in the West, in, in America, uh, we have been taught a doctrine, right? an escapism doctrine that says that the, 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 the church will not go through judgment, the, the church will not go through these, these plagues that we see in the book of Revelation. But the truth of the matter is, no one saw this pandemic coming. No one saw this death virus, this death plague coming. As far as we all knew, or in the way that, you know, it's been classically taught, by the time these times come where there's a global reset taking place and the administration, a new administration taking power, right? And a new administration that does not know God, that is rejecting the teachings of the word of God, the teachings of Jesus, right? We didn't see any of this coming, an economical collapse. Really, that's God judging our economy, right? That's what's coming. Right. So now we're here. We find ourselves, the, 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 the virus is, is not leaving anytime soon. They're, the scientists are finding uh, uh, different uh, strains of this virus that are more lethal, they're saying. It's real. It's affecting each and one of us. All of us find ourselves in our home today. But all this, the fact that we find ourselves in our home has been prophesied. We've been warned, right? And we're going to get into Matthew chapter 2. We're going to read from verse 11 to verse 16, and we're going to see how we are seeing in these scriptures prophecy repeating itself, right? And before we do that again, I want to touch on, on uh, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, in case uh, someone didn't listen uh, to yesterday's podcast. I think it's worth repeating, and we're going to continue to repeat these things. Um, you know, that that's really part of teaching, right, is the repetition of these things. Because the truth of the matter is the body of Christ for so many years has not been taught correctly. And even when when something is taught correctly once, it takes them a while to really register and 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 gather what's being said because, you know, before we can we, we can have that intake of truth, sometimes we have to remove we allow or allow the Holy Spirit to remove the things that, you know, we've been erroneously taught. Right. Right? So that's why we, we keep repeating ourselves and, and hammering these things down so that we can further understand uh, uh, the, the word of the Lord. And, and let me say this, because we, we speak about these principles and understanding scripture, but at the same time, there is a duty that you must do. Mm-hmm. We, have, we must pray and seek God for direction to open up our eyes to his word, to open up our eyes to his truth. Just listening to this podcast is not going to open your eyes, right? We have a climate, and this is the danger. This is the danger of, of today's church. We have a climate in the church where they're just listeners of preachers but they don't speak to God. And we don't want that to be the case. We want you to be seeking God. 
So when you do come and listen to the podcast, it's confirmation of what God has been speaking to your life. Right. Right? right. The truth of the matter is that that's the reason many are deceived today, because they took what the preacher said, and that was confirmed by the preacher. And that became their faith, their doctrines, their belief, the belief of the people. No, we have to seek God on our own personal time. Seek him. Hit your knees. Talk to him and let him speak back to you. Right? right. Prayer is you speaking to God, as, as uh, Brother Prosh would say, in the word of God is God speaking to us. God always speaks his word, not the thoughts or opinions of men. He speaks his word. He is the word. And that's why so much confusion is taking place today. That's why nobody knows how to decipher what is going on or where we are at uh, as it regards end times, the prophetic events unfolding. Right. But those that are wise know they are being taught. They are discerning. They understand. They are hearing from God. Amen. Yes. So let's, let us go there to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Uh, we're going to read from verse 11 and 12 quickly. And, and again, I want to reiterate that this is the Apostle Paul speaking to the church of Corinth. And he's telling the church of Corinth that they need to pay attention and study. And study the Exodus in particular. You know, there's, there's, there's something to be said, right, as to why the Holy Spirit uh, is today, in our day, you know, is, is, is taking us to begin to study the Exodus. The Exodus, the, the captivity of the children of Israel in Egypt, was first revealed to Abraham. The prophecy was given to him concerning the captivity of his seed that would last for 400 years. Right and in Exodus one, a new king arose who knew not Joseph. Right, four hundred years passed, passed, and and then there's a new king, right? And, and Moses is 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 now born, and he goes and confronts this this king, who's a type of 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 the end time son of perdition, the Antichrist, right? With, under satanic influence. Now, what's going to take place in our day is not going to take four hundred years. Right. It's going to be something quick, right? It's going to be something that will begin to, and it's already manifesting itself in our day. We are seeing the beginning uh, uh, prophecies of Exodus 1 being revealed in our time and manifesting themselves in our time. Back then it was in types and shadows. Today is the literal manifestation of what we read in Exodus 1. We have a generation in this nation. Right, that does not know Jesus. The generation that knew God is fading away. We're seeing that same right. transition that took place in Exodus 1 take place in our day today, and we need to take heed. We need to understand right. Scripture as the Lord has revealed it unto us. Right? Okay. What, what does the, the proverb say? He says it is the the the, the glory of uh, 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 is the glory of a king to seal up a matter? 
Right. Right. Oh, it's the glory of God to seal up a matter and the honor of kings kings. to search the matter out. That's right. Right? That's right. That's right. God conceals things for his children. We are kings and priests, and we are called, we are kings and priests in Christ Jesus. We are called to search out the matter. So he hides things in Scripture. He conceals it, not from us, but for us to be searched, specifically in these last days. So that we can understand where we are at and where we are headed. In order to understand where we are at and where we are headed, we have to understand where we have been. Mm-hmm. You said it yesterday, Pastor Jeremy, cycle repeats or prophecy is a cycle. It repeats itself. Right? So let's go ahead and read uh if you can read verse eleven and verse twelve. Amen. Now all these things happen unto them. For in samples, and they are written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed, lest he fall. You know what? Read verse 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. Notice, he warns us. He said, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. There hath no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. We see here that Israel, right, was tested in the wilderness, right? An hour of temptation is coming. It is here. It is upon the earth. An hour of temptation, a purging of sorts, right? A purging of, like uh, John said concerning Jesus, right, whose fan is in his hand. He's about to fan the fire. He's about to turn up the heat. Right? We're all about to be tried. Right? And and he saw thoroughly what? You know, he's going to purge his floor, not the world. He's going to purge his floor to see who is the pretenders who call on his name and who are the true wise who have understanding and are his children. Right? And he saw... He shall, he shall gather the wheat into his garner and, and the chaff, the shaft he's going to, to to throw into the fire, unquenchable fire. That's what's taking place right now. That's why the hour of temptation is coming. That's what's ahead for the church. And, 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 and we're going to keep saying it. Things are not going to get better. Well, we see Scripture tell us time and time again, and what it is declaring to us that there is a Gethsemane coming our way where we must surrender the will, and there is persecution coming. That's what Scripture tells us concerning the last day church. As it was in the beginning, so shall it be at the end. The church in the book of Acts began with persecution. Right. Think about that. 
and so it will be at the end. And there is prophecy hidden in, in Matthew 2, and we'll go there now, uh, verse 11 through 16, that declares that to us if we can see it. The time has come to prepare yourself, church. Yes. You better make sure that your robes are white, that, that you're allowing the cleansing power of, of, of his word, of his spirit, to, to, to cleanse us and to prepare us for what's ahead. The Lord is coming for a church without spot or wrinkle, a pure church, a chaste church, a virgin church. This is what the Bible is declaring to us. Amen. So let's go ahead and get into the word of God, Matthew 2, verse 11 through 16. In Jesus' name. Amen. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt, and be thou there until I bring thee word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. And when he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt and was there unto the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wroth and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem and in all the coast thereof for two years old and under, from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. Amen. And we're going to focus on that. This, this is a trigger phrase by the Holy Spirit. Look what it says in verse 15. Out of Egypt have I called my son. Again, here's a reference to Egypt again. It's, it's a trigger word, Egypt. It's, it's, it's literally inciting the reader to go and study the Exodus. Because by studying the Exodus, the scriptures will begin to make more sense. And according to what the Apostle Paul told us, what took place in the Exodus and what's taking place here in Matthew 2, it's, it's needful for us to understand because by understanding what is being said here and what the prophecy that is hidden in this story, we will understand what will take place in our day. Amen? And, and as we said yesterday, uh, we... we Chapter 2 of, of the book of Matthew, really the, the, the Old Testament opens up with this account where we have King Herod, who is a king, um, just like in the days of, 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 of the Exodus, in Exodus chapter 1, the Bible says that a new king arose who knew not Joseph, right? And, and we see a king here, his name is King Herod, 
We also have uh, surrounding him are the religious leaders of the nation of Israel. We have the chief leaders of Israel and the, and, and the scribes of Israel, and King Herod demands of them, demands of them to, for them to tell them the prophecy concerning the, 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 the prophecy of the birth of Messiah. They tell him the prophecy, and we also, we also have and confirm the prophecy. We, all, we also have wise men who are a type of the Gentiles, right? And they're a type of, of, of an end-time church who, who will be wise and understanding the prophecies concerning the coming of Messiah. The wise men were looking for the first coming of Messiah. Spiritually speaking, prophetically speaking, this speaks of a people in the end times that will be wise and, under, and have understanding concerning the coming of Jesus Christ. Daniel prophesied about this concerning the end times, right? When the Lord told him, seal up the matter. Or it's not for you to understand, but it, it, the information will be released at, an, at the end times to a specific generation. And, and, and the wicked will continue to do wickedly. The wicked will not understand, but the wise will understand. Right? I believe that we are that generation. And that's why the Lord is beginning to show us by his grace and only by his grace, because we are deserving of nothing. And no one can take credit for this. But the Lord in his grace and mercy is revealing to his people. If you have eyes to see and ears to hear what the Spirit is saying, information that has not been shared to previous generations, but it is specifically being revealed to an end-time generation. I believe that's us today. Amen? So we see the wise men know exactly where Jesus is at. They know where to find him. And, and we see that, that, that Herod uh, tells the wise men, look, when, when you find the, the baby, when you find the Messiah, let me know where he's at so I can go and worship him too. But we know that that was a trap because that was not his intention. And the Bible tells us in verse 10, that and we ended uh, uh, yesterday's podcast in verse ten. It says, "When they, the wise men, saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy." Why? Because they had come to Jesus. They had found the Messiah, which is powerful, right? But something begins to happen. It's almost like things begin to shift in the scripture, right? And this is where we have to put on our, you know, we have to see, you know, things prophetically through the prophetic lens, through as the Holy Spirit teaches us to really understand where we are at. Because what happened to them pertains to us at the end of time. Look what the Word of God says in verse 11. I'll go ahead and read it, Pastor. It starts yeah. off with this statement. And when they were come into the house. Now that's significant because here we have Jesus who's, who's, a, who's, a, who's two years old or, or, or less or under two years old. And, they, and he's, he's, he's in the house with Mary and Joseph. And this is where the wise men are led to into a house. This is where they will find Jesus. And as I said before, Joseph is a type of Israel. 
he represents the 12 tribes and 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 Mary again a, a type of national Israel and we'll go into the book of Revelation and and we'll see in this house right we see the wise men a type of the church and we see Joseph and Mary a type of Israel right and they're all in one house Jew and Gentile that's good which is incredible right the book of Revelation says that the that that the dragon will make war against the woman and the and the remnant of her seed or the seed of a remnant, right? And she will yes. come against those that what? The dragon will come against those who hold the testimony of Jesus Christ and the commandments of God. And the commandments, that's right. Right? Those who hold the commandments of God are the Jews, and those who have the testimony of Jesus Christ are believers. We see what the attack is centered under or, or who it is against. The spirit that is moving today the spirit that was moving in ancient times uh, through Pharaoh is the same spirit that was moving in Jesus' day, right? And it is the same spirit that is alive and well today. Remember, yesterday we brought forth from the book of Revelations how that the spirit of Egypt was alive and well, the spirit of Egypt that we read about in the Exodus was alive and well, when Jesus comes, shows up in the scene, when he is born, and throughout his ministry. Revelations 11.8 says, and their dead bodies, speaking of the two witnesses who will be killed, their bodies lie in the street of the great city. Speaking of the two witnesses. And then it says something very interesting, which is a key for us. It says, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt. Where also our Lord was crucified. What what city is it talking about? It's talking about Jerusalem. When in the days in which Jesus is crucified, the spirit of Egypt was in Sodom. Jerusalem, mm-hmm. and the spirit of, of, of yeah, the spirit of Sodom. It, it's really all mystery Babylon that has moved throughout the ages through these empires. You know, the, the, the spirit of mystery Babylon has, was in Sodom, was in Egypt, right? And, and, yeah. and was, was in uh, Babylon and so forth and so on. In the days of Nimrod, the spirit that had been seeking to uh, find a, a, a place to, to set its home because it, it's a habitation. That's what the book of Revelation says, right? That, that mystery ba- Babylon has become a habitation of 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 devils right it's become it's become right. a habitation of foul spirits and of a cage of every unclean and hateful bird it has always looked for a place to inhabit to to place its home so to speak a, a place to settle and that's why we brought forth the the, the, the thought or the idea and we believe that the the description that is given in, in the book of revelation concerning mystery of babylon fits this nation of America almost to a T, a nation surrounded by waters, right? A nation who is the economical power of the world, a consuming nation. And now a nation who's turned their back on God and their targets are who? 
believers in Jesus Christ. Yes. Both Jew and Gentile. I think that's powerful. Because the coming of the of the of the uh of the wise men with the announcement that they came with came with that the king was here, was coming, brought an uneasiness to that spirit that controlled in that time of Egypt and Sodom. It become an, it be, it brought an uneasiness. And and with it, just like the second coming of the Lord has brought an uneasiness, as as he as the devil knows that he's come, he has but a short time, has brought an uneasiness to the world. At the same time, you bring up a beautiful picture, as these wise men now find themselves Gentiles in the same house with the Jews, right, with Martha and Mary, mm-hmm. all of them at the feet of Jesus coming together, prophecy being fulfilled. In the midst of all this chaos, it brings together, right, <laughs> the Jew and yes. Gentile. You know, that's a beautiful picture if we could see it in the same house. At the same time, while all this e- uneasiness, and that should tell you that that, that what came, what, what, what came yes. inside of Herod's heart was so evil it wasn't just towards the Jew, like, you know, towards Joseph and Mary, but it would have also killed the wise men had they gone back, right? Yeah, <laughs> so no, and, we, and, we and we it says, scripture says, yeah, yeah and scripture yeah, says ahead. that he felt like he was mocked of the wise men because they didn't yeah. tell him where the baby was. It's almost like they were under surveillance. They were being watched. That's but good. the wise men were 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 being led of the Lord. Yes. Think about that, okay? So so we have a picture here in this house and, and because once they're all in the house, then yeah. all being in the house and, and Jesus is going to be found there. It is the <laughs> trigger point of what comes yeah. next in verse twelve. The wise men <laughs> begin to be warned and Joseph Again, Joseph, think about that. It's a trigger word. It's a trigger name. Who's the other Joseph that we know about in Scripture? Right? Uh, Right. That's a huge character in Scripture. Well, we got to go back to Exodus 1. Right? There arose a king who knew not Joseph. Right? It was through Joseph that the nation of Israel, then the 12 brothers, was saved. So Joseph here in the house is a type of that, right? It was mm-hmm. Joseph who had a dream. Remember, in 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 the in, in in Genesis, I think thirty-seven, he had a dream concerning the sun and the moon and eleven stars worshiping him, and he and he shared that yeah. dream with his brothers and and his father. Remember, and his father rebuked them. He says, well, what are you saying? You know, are me and your mother and your brothers going to, right. you know, bow before you? Bid our knees to the earth and worship you? But they, you know, and the Bible says that Jacob pondered these things that he was talking about. But but really what what the dream was about was about the coming Messiah. Right? Yes, it, yes. It's talking about the salvation of of. Of the 144,000, right? 
uh, 12,000 yeah. from each tribe. It was speaking prophetically, right? And let's go there. Let's go to the book of Revelations because we have a picture of that. We have Jesus. We have Mary. We have Joseph. You know, uh, uh, we have Joseph, again, who points us to the Old Testament Joseph who had the dream, right? We have the wise men who are, who, 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 who are of the, uh, uh, you know, we come from uh, the Jews, so to speak, through Father Abraham. We're all both Jew and Gentile, right? right? We're all one. We're all brothers and sisters in Christ. There's neither Jew nor Gentile, right? We're all one. We're all under one house, right? And, and, and we have uh, incredible uh, graphic, uh, graphic description of that, um, spiritually speaking, and, and if we can see it, uh, in Revelation 12, verse 6, if you can read that, and after that, jump to verse 11 to uh, the end of the chapter, if you can, please. Yes. And the woman fled into the wilderness, where she had a place prepared of God, and they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and three score days. Verse 11. Yeah. You know what? And let's, they let's over start from. Uh, let's start from. Give me a second here. Um, let's start from uh, verse one. I'm sorry, I said verse six. Actually, verse one. Through uh, through verse five, verse six. Just verse one right now. Uh, yeah. Go ahead and and just read it. Okay. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of 12 stars. Remember, so we have a woman here. Mary is in the house. Remember the dream of Joseph? Yeah. Right? We see it here too, and Joseph is in the house. Joseph is a type of Christ. Right? Yes. And verse 2 says, And she being with child cried, travailing in birth, and pained to be delivered. So we see that she's given birth to a child. That's Jesus, right? The child here is already born in the house. He's two years old or under. Right, so we see a picture of Revelation 12 in the house. Now, let's go to, to verse 11 quickly. And they overcame, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. That speaks of persecution. Okay. That speaks of persecution that's coming. What happened in the following verse, in verse 12? We see that persecution is coming in the wise men, and we also see that Joseph is being warned of the Lord. He's being, they're given strict instructions and direction on how to protect their lives. And, 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 and in reality, the Messiah. Because that's who they're after. That's who this, this world system, this antichrist system is after. It's after Jesus. 
the Jesus inside of you. Go ahead, keep reading, Justin. And therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and and of the sea. For the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. Now notice, in Matthew 2, verse 16, it says concerning Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, he was exceeding wrath, or there was exceeding wrath. He, he was exceeding, exceedingly angry. So through King Herod, we see a type of the wrath of Satan. Towards who? And we're going to see who it is towards, and we're going to see if those people are in the house in Matthew chapter 2, right? Who is it against? Because yeah. here in verse 12, it says, that he's come down unto you. Who? Satan. He's coming to this earth. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. He's coming down to you. That's what's about to happen, church. We're about to see Satan come down to this earth. He's going to inhabit a man, right? And through this man, he is going to pour out his wrath. Satan's wrath upon the holy people of God composed of both Jew and Gentile. But Satan's wrath will be met with the Lamb's wrath. Mm. Okay? Satan's wrath will be met with the Lamb's wrath that the uh, sixth seal speaks about in Revelation chapter 6. The Lamb of God will pour out his wrath upon the inhabitants of the earth, those who oppose him and those who did not accept him. See, we today who are saved are exempt from that wrath. The Apostle Paul said that we are not appointed unto wrath, but to obtain salvation. Why? Because Jesus at the cross took the wrath of God for us. So if we receive him, we're not going to receive that wrath. We're in him. We're secure. We're purchased with the price. Right. Right, But the wrath of God, that's what we're not appointed to. Nowhere in Scripture. That's why it's so amazing when people talk about pre-trib, mid-trib, you know, post-trib, you know, as though we're not going to go through tribulation. The Bible never says any such thing. The Bible actually promises that in this world you will have tribulation. Well, brother, that's a certain kind of tribulation. That's not the great tribulation of of, of the book of Revelation. No, it means all tribulation. What, the one thing the Bible does promise that we will not go through is the wrath of God. There's a difference. And I think in understanding the difference between the two, you will begin to understand uh, the timing and prophetic events as the Lord has left it in Scripture. Right. God's wrath is his response to Satan's wrath. Let me say that again. God's wrath is the response to Satan's wrath. Satan's wrath is the persecution of God's people composed of both Jew and Gentile. That that time, according to the book of Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew 24, is cut short. It's amputated. 
to be elected. A yeah. time of, 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 of tribulation, of great tribulation like the world has never seen before. That time is cut short. By what? The coming of the Lord, the rapture. Right. And then after we are removed, then the wrath of God deals with Satan, the man of sin, and the inhabitants of the earth. Yeah, now, and that, that's what... That's why I think, Brother Fernando, if I can just interject this, the question that you asked was very vital. Who do we see in the house, right? Of course, and we see that, that we see Joseph and Mary, and we see the wise men along with Jesus. And the warning comes to both of them, to Joseph in a dream where God tells him to go to Egypt and to the wise men to not go the same way, but to go the other way. And so we see Jew and Gentile in the house, both being warned of this, <laughs> the wrath of Herod, of this anti or type of this Antichrist that will come. Not, mm -hmm. this is not, the end times is not just, even though, yes, it, it does focus a lot on Jew, but it's not just for the Jew. It's, it's for Jew and Gentiles for all of us, the Christian, the believer. In the Bible, as you read the scripture, those who kept the testimony of God, right? That's us. Mm -hmm. And the commandments of God, specifically to the Jew. So you ask the question, who do we see in the house? Well, we see Jew yes. and Gentile. And I just wanted to, uh, to you know, um, add to that. Yeah, and again, so that's, and that's what we're going to get into uh, in the following verses here. It, it, we see the wrath of Satan, right? He's come down having great wrath. Why? Because he knows he has but a short time. That, and that's an interesting statement there um, that, that yeah. the Holy Spirit is teaching us. Now it seems that this eternal being of, who, who, was, who was Lucifer and is now Satan, the accuser of the brethren, he's in the earth. He's in the dimension of time and space here in the earth, but now he's constrained to time. An eternal being now constrained to time, and he's aware of it. It's almost like you realize, oh, man, you know, it's, it's you know, I have a short time. He yeah. realizes there, I have a short time. And, and that's the mystery of God, the eternal mystery of God, and, and how God would deal with this Leviathan, this this Satan creature. And he's given us insight into how he's doing it if we have eyes to see. Right? And in Revelation twelve it says that there was war in heaven and Michael and the angels fought against this, uh the devil and, and they and they basically uh, uh threw him out. Right? Uh in right. verse seven it says, And there was war in heaven, Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought in his angels and prevailed not, neither was there place found any more in heaven right. for him. Right. And he was cast out, the Bible says in verse 9, the old serpent called the devil and Satan yeah. was deceived with the whole world. He was cast out into the earth. Right. His angels right. were cast out with him. We are about to see a manifestation of power, and we're already seeing it. The manifestations of powers of darkness in the earth, of the likes we have not seen since the days of Noah. That's where the Bible tells us, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be at the coming of the Son of Man. That's right. 
it's all going to boil down here in the earth. It's spilling over, the natural spilling over. Satan's about to be, is, is cast out of heaven. He's confined to time and space. And the Lord is showing us here how he intends to deal with this being. How he is going to literally extract him from heaven and his sin because sin originated with him. He is he sinneth he sin he sinneth from the beginning, John says. Mm-hmm. Sin did not originate with Adam. Sin entered through Adam into the earth, according to Romans five. But 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 the initiator where sin began was through was through Lucifer himself, through Satan. And now it's almost like the Lord is extracting him and in doing so, extracting sin from eternity, from heaven. And he's placing him here in this world of time and space in this dimension. This, This dimension of time and space is not forever. It's a temporary place. And that is the big question, right? Why did God create us here on earth? You know, what's his whole plan? Why did he create this planet, this dimension of time and space? Because in essence, this place, this dimension of time and space is going to serve as some kind of holding tank of sorts that will encapsulate this creature. And this dimension of time and space, uh, the word of God tells us, will be almost like rolled up into one, you know, like, you know, when you roll up a paper into a a paper ball and do away with it. Mm -hmm. That's almost like what the Lord is going to do with this dimension of time and space. But now here, Satan is in the earth. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth, for he has come down unto you. It's almost like this is God's master plan of, of dealing with this creature, like he tells Job in the last chapter of his book. To, he, he asked him questions. He asked Job questions concerning uh, Satan. Can you, Leviathan, can you, you, can you deal with this kind of creature? Mm-hmm. And the answer, obviously, is no. He's, he's, he's too strong. But the Lord tells him that I can't, and I am going to deal with him, and you're going to see how I'm going to do it. And you just watch. Hallelujah. How I masterfully dispose of this man, who, of this creature, Satan, who, who, who corrupted the heaven, stained the heavens and the earth with his sin. What Jesus did at the cross was beginning, was the beginning of the mop-up cleansing of sin in all of creation, whether visible or invisible. He is reconciling all of creation, according to Colossians. That's the word it was used, reconciling all of the creation, what what can be seen and cannot be seen. Because sin did not just stain this world, this natural world, this earth, Adam. No, it stained the heavens. That's right. That's why Jesus came to earth and ascended back to heaven. And, And when he did so, according to Hebrews, he was sprinkling his blood, cleansing the different dimensions that are unseen, that Satan stained with sin. It is a masterful plan of the cleansing 
of all things. The book of Revelation and Peter talks about that all things will be cleansed, right? And there will be a new heaven and the new earth. Mm-hmm. All things are being brought back to order. That's what the word reconciled means in Colossians. He's reconciling all things. The cross is bringing back to order all things. Hallelujah. But the blood of Jesus is, but we are in time and space. We are seeing it play out. This bringing back to order into, into perfect harmony of all things, of all of God's creation, both seen and not seen. And now this creature, this being, this tormentor, the accuser of the brethren is now here in the earth, according to the book of Revelation. So he's coming. Mm-hmm. Right? And let's keep reading verse 13. And when the dragon saw that he was cast unto the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. You can keep reading to the end of the chapter, please. And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness, into her place, where she is nourished for a time and times and a half a time, from the face of the serpent. And the serpent cast out... Go ahead. uh, uh, And the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. And the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood, which the dragon cast out of his mouth. And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Christ. Amen. So we see in verse 13, we see the woman. We see Mary in the house. We see the man-child, right? Baby Jesus. We see Jesus. And, and it says, and the woman were given two wings of a great eagle, right? And that she might fly into the wilderness, into her place where she is nourished for a time and times and a half and time from, face, from the face of the serpent. And the serpent cast out his mouth water as a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. And the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon cast out of his mouth. This kind of persecution is going to necessitate miraculous help of the Lord to protect the woman, her child, right? To protect the woman, excuse me. It, it, it takes us back to the Exodus, right? The word the Lord used the earth to help Israel escape who? Pharaoh. Right. Right? It, it, it was it, it, when they were at, you know, about to cross the Red Sea, the Red Sea opened up. Right. You see the, the powerful hand of God assisting his people as they're fleeing yes. from Pharaoh. Yes. We, we see the same in type and shadow in the book of Revelation, and it's exactly what's going to take place in our day. 
What's being set up right now, the stage is being set up for this man of sin, this King Herod type, this Pharaoh type, that will do the same. To who? Who is he targeting? Verse 17 says, the dragon was wroth. He was angry with the woman. There it is. Mary, and went to make war with the remnant of her seed. Who's the remnant of her seed? Us. The Gentiles. Right? And it says, which keep, and look it, look, it speaks also of both Jew and Gentile. It says, which keep the commandments of God. Who are the people that keep the commandments of God? Jews do. Christians have the testimony of Jesus Christ. So we see a picture of who's in the house in Matthew 2, as we see in Revelations chapter 12. And it says, and when they were coming to the house, in verse 11 of Matthew chapter 2, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and, and said, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures. Now, now I want, I want to say a few things here concerning this, this verse. There's so much in there. But I hope we can see the picture uh, uh, in verse 11 um, and, and connected with Revelations chapter 12. You see the same thing here. Notice, when they find Jesus, where do they find him? In a house. Now, that's quite interesting to me because today, in the middle of this, you know, Exodus-like pandemic, that plague that we find ourselves in the middle of, right, that, that really, really, really went into, you know, uh, uh, you know, into high gear during Passover of last year. That's when, 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 the, when the virus really, really, we began to see how serious it was, right? And we spoke yesterday how, our pre how President Trump said that by Easter or Passover, the virus would be gone. And it, it, it wasn't gone. It didn't come and go. We're still in the middle of this pandemic, and the virus is still alive and well, and it seems to be getting stronger, according to scientists. And one can only begin to, to, to come to the conclusion, I mean, this is, this is apocalyptic, the things we're seeing right now. This plague, I mean, we haven't seen anything like it since the Exodus. So we have to begin to see things as the Lord is showing us. We are going through an Exodus of sorts, right? The Exodus one trigger point is in full effect where, you know, a generation died that knew Joseph. A king died that knew Joseph. But now there's another king that does not know Joseph that's coming into power. It's here. We're seeing that transition take place in our nation. And it's all leading towards captivity. It's all leading towards temptation, an hour of temptation, as, as Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Right? So they're all in the house. And, 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 and so it's incredible that the churches in America are shut. And where does everybody find themselves today? In their houses. This is where they came to find the Messiah. 
I believe that the closing down of our churches was a judgment to the religious leadership of this nation. And I believe that us being in our homes is God's grace so that we can find him. Remember, Isaiah said it. Come, my people, enter thou into thy chambers and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself as they were for a little moment until the indignation be overpassed. God is speaking to his people. I believe that many of you that are listening to this podcast, you're you're in your home listening to it. We've had emails, Pastor Jeremy, of people who wrote to us and said, you know what? I didn't realize, you know, my my spiritual condition until I started listening to your podcast from my home. Wow. Wow. I didn't realize, you know, how messed up the situation was, right? But it was in their homes during this trial, during this hour of temptation, you know, during, during these trying times. And this is just the beginning of it. It's going to you know, intensify. Uh, this is this is where they found the Lord in their homes. They found Jesus. Yeah, true Jesus. You know, some some weeks ago, a, a young man, you know, spoke to me and said, Pastor, I've been in church before, but I've learned more here on these podcasts." more of the word of God than I ever had that has caused me to examine everything. It's like I'm a I'm a kid learning, you know? And yeah. where do we find ourselves? You know, God causing this. God causing all of this, allowing these things to happen. As as he would tell the people of you know, the people of God when he would ex- exhort them about it, it is I who causes these things to to uh to prove you, to mm-hmm. test you. I'm the one who fed you the manna. I'm the right. one who gave you water from a rock. But I'm also the one who led you through the wilderness where they were, where there were serpents. He said, <laughs> where there were serpents to test us. You know. Yeah. And you know, and, and and I think it's just amazing that yes, while we do find ourselves in the midst of all of this. It is God. It is the hand of God bringing us together, purifying us, right? Allowing us, as you said, to examine ourselves, our heart. We find ourselves in the same house right now, right? (laughs) Together by the Spirit of God, God speaking to us. Jesus is in the midst of the wise men and the (laughs) Martha and, uh, and, and Joseph. Mary, Mary and Joseph, right. yes. Mary, sorry, Mary and Joseph, yes. Incredible. Think about that. Yeah, and it says, and they fell down, the wise men, when they came into the house and worshipped him. That's what the Lord is seeking. And something interesting, and we'll end with this, uh, we'll go over these three presents that they bring, because in these presents, it's a hidden prophecy about what they would go through in the following verse and what we will go through at the end of time. 
It says that when they had opened their treasures, powerful, because immediately when I read that, the Holy Spirit came all over me, and, and I thought about the Apostle Paul when he said, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. That's what he, that's what he desired. When, 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 when they fell down and worshiped him, that's what they were declaring, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Notice what it says in verse 8, what Paul said of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, right after he says, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. And here's the one that the American church doesn't want to hear. Persecuted, but not persecuted. They were prophesying with these gifts what was coming, with these treasures. The persecution was coming. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, the life in you. With these three gifts, they were prophesying the very reason why Jesus came. To this world. But it also speaks of what we must endure. Notice the the order. The gold speaks of what? Of deity. Right? The frankincense, it speaks, literally, it's a white substance. What it means when you look at the original Greek, it means white, purity. He's the spotless lamb of God. He is righteousness. He is purity. He came to this world. God manifested himself to this world. For what? Then you go to the myrrh. You know, and you do a study, and we spoke about this some podcasts ago. You remember Pastor Jeremy with Brother Marty? And we spoke about where myrrh comes from. Myrrh is, 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 is the way it is gathered. And, and, and by the way, yeah. the, the, the tree from which it's gathered is called the comophora. Right? And it's, check this out. This is so awesome. It's a tree that's a thorny tree. And the way you get the sap of the myrrh from the tree you have to do it by wounding the tree so it can bleed out the sap, and that's how they gather the myrrh. Think about that. That's incredible. It speaks of Jesus' suffering on the cross. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. God came from heaven. Right. Right? He was that perfect, pure, white, uh, uh, spotless Lamb of God. Yes. He died on the cross for us. It speaks of his suffering. Go ahead, Pastor. 
you know, that word mirror is also what we get, the word smyrna, right? Which, if you have time in Revelation chapter 2, whenever you have a chance, those that are listening, read what he tells the church of the Smyrna, because that's where the word mirror comes from. Where he tells them, I know thy work in tribulation, right? And he tells mm-hmm. them, listen, fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer before the devil sh- uh, behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison that you may be tried, that you shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful. So look about what look what he tells the church in Smyrna. It's all connected with that one of those gifts that was given that you spoke so beautifully about the three gifts, myrrh, which also speaks of suffering and the tribulation yeah. that not just our master was going to go through, but also us, his body. His church, his people. Keep that. Amen. Keep writing notes. Amen. You can get something. Amen. Yeah, that's powerful. Um, absolutely. In the order, right, of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, speaks of 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 Christ's mission on the earth. But if we take it from the other way, you know, myrrh, frankincense, frankincense, and gold, it speaks of our journey here on earth to heaven. That's right. Myrrh, if we put myrrh first, it speaks of the suffering we must go through. Like Paul said. Right. Right? right. He said, For he says, For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. There's a death to this flesh. The suffering right. that we must endure, the church must endure it. There's no way around it. It's coming. You know, and the fact that, that they put, in the order they put it, it was gold and frankincense and myrrh at the end. Mm-hmm. There's a suffering that remains for us, right? One more Gethsemane, yes. a Gethsemane that, that remains yes. for us. He left it there purposely to remind us, amen? Because at the end, he tells the, 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 um, the, he tells the, the church in Smyrna, I will give you a crown. Amen. I will put on you a crown. After that suffering comes a crown. That myrrh was put at the end. That's what remains for us. But it's something we should rejoice in. Hallelujah. Because if our master went through it, we will be able. God is going to make an escape. We will go be able to endure it as God, as Jesus did. Amen. Yeah, Colossians says that, right, that, that we must fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ, you know, in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. You know, there's, 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 there's some some sufferings and afflictions we must go through, right? And so we see the order. We see the suffering that has to come. And that's what the wise men, by presenting these gifts, is speaking prophetically of what they would go through what happened in the Exodus, but also what's going to take place in our day. You can't avoid it. It's going to happen. But what that's going to create, you go to the frankincense, is that whiteness, that purity. Right? And ultimately, you know, it, it, we're going to be like like gold. Right? Peter said something about that. First Peter one seven he says that the trial of your faith being much more notice the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perishes though it be tried with 
fire. Gold has to be put through the fire so it can come out as pure gold to remove the substances, right, that, that are there when, when, when the gold is, is, is found. And it's the same with us, right? John said whose fan is in his hand. He's going to fan the fire. A trial of our faith is coming, but it's to, to make us to, to, to make us pure and wide, that, as Peter said, that we might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. This is what's happening, church. I feel his presence. I know it's not easy, but this is how we will become like him. This is how we are going to be changed into the image of God, of his dear son, Jesus. It's incredible because what we see in the next uh, verses is where the Lord is giving the wise men and Joseph instructions, clear, descriptive instructions of what they must do in order to survive this persecution that would come from King Herod. And I believe, that's why we tell you that we need to begin to seek God, we need to begin to seek him so he can tell us how to prepare ourselves. I know it sounds extreme, but that's exactly what it's going to take in these last days. But we know that he will lead us and he will be speaking to us. Isaiah said, nations will come to your light and king to the brightness of your radiance. They will carry gold and frankincense and proclaim the praises of the Lord. It is through this suffering that we proclaim the praises of the Lord. It is through these sufferings that nations will come to his light. Hallelujah. My God. We serve a resurrected Savior. He didn't, he didn't just die and stay in the grave, church. He rose on the third day. On the third day. Yes, yes. This is what we must prepare for. And maybe some of you may be scared and say, you know, Pastor Fernando, Brother Jeremy, it's not easy. It's a hard pill to swallow. Absolutely it is. Nobody wants to go through persecution. Do I want my children to go through it? No. You want your children to go through it? No. Jesus prays there any other way. But this is the path that God has chosen. But it's a marvelous path. It's a price worth paying. so that we can be with him forever. Amen. We're going we're gonna to end this podcast here, but I sense in my heart, you know, that there's some people that are starting to come to grips. I don't know if you sense that too, Pastor, with what the <laughs> scripture seems to be implying and what it's telling us to yeah. prepare ourselves for. Right? Yes. He said in verse 15, the word of God says, out of Egypt have I called 
my son. God is about to call us out. But the way he is going to call us out is the way he called out his people out of Egypt. Look at the patterns. Look at the shadows. What you read and see there is what awaits for us. But understand this. that we are going to see provision, miraculous provision, as all this is going on. With a mighty outstretched hand, the Lord is going to lead us out of this world. He will provide for his children. Amen. Want to say any closing words, Pastor? You know, I've been sensing in in, in my heart the way the Lord has been speaking to me over the last few weeks. And many people, and even maybe some here, I know some here in, that listen to a podcast, one of the biggest challenges that has been is really to come to grips, like you said, with, you know, accepting this, that this is where we're heading. Very hard, you know. But you will notice something. This is what the Lord spoke to me. The more you disconnect yourself from everything of this world, the more you will be accepting what's coming. This is not our home. God never intended it for us to get rooted in this Egypt. Remember, God told uh, Joseph and Mary to go. He spoke to Joseph to go to Egypt, but it was only temporary. Right? <laughs> and to, until Herod died. That's what the Bible said. It was just temporary, them going to Egypt, that they were to return back to the city of God. Hallelujah. To the city of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And I just want to let you know, we we can relate to your feelings. We're all coming to grips with what God is saying and what is just ahead of us. We pray that today God has spoken to you and that you have received the word that has been given to you and we just rejoice in knowing that Jesus is coming back again. That's our comfort. That's our hope. That's what purifies us. That's what gives us joy is that he's coming again for us. We pray you've been blessed. We pray you join us tomorrow, Lord willing, as we continue to study the word of God. May God bless you. May God keep you. And keep looking up.